Welcome to the Binge Essentials Podcast. I'm your host, David Rocha, and joining me as always, it's Romeo Mora. Romeo, happy Halloween. I'm excited. Spooky time is here, y'all. So next week will be our release of The X-Files with Jamie Yinks. And today, we're just going to give you guys some recommendations of what we like to watch during the Halloween season. So let's get started. Romeo, lead us off. Um, I'll start with probably one of my favorite films um, on my list, and it's Scream. I love the Scream franchise but particularly the first film i think that was one of my first bona fide scary movies which some people argue is it really a scary movie because how much humor it is and i say yes because Wes craven can still make you laugh and scare the shit out of you 10 seconds later you have a great um young cast you had um nev campbell courtney cox um you also have david arquette rose mcgowan uh, matthew lillard skeet ulrich jamie kennedy these were like all up and comers in a sense. It is capturing Gen X. Even though many millennials love Scream, well, that film was made for Gen X. We just tagged along. At least some of us who are considered elder millennials back in, I think 97 when that film came out. It was a phenomenon because it was like this thing that no one heard about. And then I remember it got released twice in theaters. It really is a special movie, subverted our expectations. You have Drew Barrymore on the cover, so you think she's gonna be a big part of this movie. Come to find out, she's your very first kill. Her idea, by the way, she was lined up to be the star, but due to some scheduling conflicts, it just wasn't gonna happen. So it's really cool to see a big movie star like Drew Barrymore follow through on such an idea and just giving us that nice surprise. And here's like the weird thing too, it's like when I think of that movie, I forget she's in that film because I don't think good because it's Nev Campbell's film, which that says a lot too, which borrows the idea, of course, from Psycho, where the leading lady dies in the first part of the film. But also something really special was how self-aware the film was. It was kind of like this genre-breaking thing. Also, the fact that it included um, a slasher film with a whodunit. We didn't know who the killer was until towards the end of the final act. That film is so goddamn quotable too. The first film I'm going to recommend is the 2014 found footage psychological horror film called Creep. Creep is directed by Patrick Bryce, who also stars in the film with Mark Duplass. It's a pretty simple plot. It's a struggling videographer who accepts an assignment to travel to a remote cabin where he meets his client and his client claims that he has an inoperable brain tumor and is expected to die before his pregnant wife gives birth. So he wants to have the videographer record a video diary for his unborn child. And as the film goes on, you start to unlayer more and more unusual things about Mark Duplass's character. And he gives such an amazing performance because you really feel for him at first. You feel sympathetic at first because that's just who Duplass is. He's such a great actor, in my opinion. And so the more you learn about the situation, even though it is kind of obvious where it's going, the better it becomes. It really is such an excellent found footage film. That certainly isn't perfect, but it's still something 
somehow benefits in its own way and has a lot of great payoffs. And it actually wound up having a sequel called Creep 2, which was released in 2017. So it works along the same lines, except it has a couple different directions as the film goes. So I think it's totally worth to watch both films. And there is plans to create a third film called Creep 3, though I don't know what is going to happen with that. So if you're tired of found footage films, but haven't given Creep a chance, I do recommend it. And if you enjoyed it, definitely give Creep 2 a chance. Both are really good films. And yeah, I just have to go to bat for it. I wanted to pitch something to you guys that was a little bit more unknown. So I really hope you guys give it a chance. Romeo, what's your next recommendation? It is The Craft, the original. Robin Tunney, Afruzga Bulk, Nev Campbell, as I mentioned, and Rachel True. The premise is um, pretty much bullied teenagers discover that they can do magic and the ensuing chaos that um, happens around them. Um, it's about friendship, betrayal. It's one of my favorite go-to. Again, there's a question whether or not is it a horror movie or not. I say it is because some of the stuff is really messed up. <laughs> That was my first horror film. I watched this film before Scream. My next recommendation is something that's a lot more popular. 1982's John Carpenter's The Thing. I love this movie to pieces. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It has amazing practical effects that still hold up today. Uh, stars Kurt Russell and a group of actors that have been in many things that you recognize, most notably Wilford Brimley and Keith David. It's set in the remote Antarctica where a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their base by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. When they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. Kurt Russell plays this helicopter pilot, and he works with the camp doctor as they try to figure out how to defeat this creature that is not from this world. There's really not much more I can say about this film. Either you already know, or you'll get spoiled. So all I can really say now is that the film has garnered such a cult following as it wasn't the biggest box office hit. Critical reception initially was not in its favor, but has aged so well and has garnered such a great fan base. And I gotta say that it's had haunted house attractions, it's had board games, sequels and comic books, a video game, and it's even had a 2011 prequel that has its own history of production issues. But once again, please check out John Carpenter's The Thing if you haven't already. And if you have seen it, hey, watch it anyways. It's always great to watch it this time of year. Romeo, what's your last recommendation? This one's a lighter fare. I hate to be that guy to say I love this film before it was popular and has merchandise in every freaking store you go. The original Hocus Pocus. I love this film. I begged my parents to go see it in the theaters. And I've seen the new one too, uh, last night, because of course I did. For those of you who who never experienced Halloween on ABC Family, Hocus Pocus <laughs> is about uh, three witches played by Bette Midler, um, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Jimmy, the Sanderson sisters, um, where after being um, hung for killing a child in Old East Salem, um, is brought back for one night in order to uh, steal the soul of Salem or to rejuvenize their life force. It is campy, but it was also, as a kid, scary as hell. They had some good jump scares. I remember I was scared as a kid 
when Zachary Banks first came in while the or Max was looking, breaking into the um the Sinner Sisters um house before he lights the black candle. But yeah, it's fun. It's a uh, something you can actually watch with a um younger group of uh kids where adults can still enjoy because there's a lot of innuendos that I didn't get as a kid that I enjoy now as an adult. It's just like the thing where initially people weren't that crazy about the movie, but over time it has gained such a great following. I mean, a sequel was basically willed into existence because this film is so popular. I've seen a live event at Disney World. It was a lot of fun. Really cool to see that. Really cool to see those characters interact with other Disney characters. But yeah, this film, it's really something that is going to last a long time. I mean, we got millennials who are introducing it to the next generation. And even though Hocus Pocus 2 has come out, I haven't seen it yet. We'll see what happens with that. We'll see if it stands the test of time. Even if people don't necessarily enjoy Hocus Pocus 2 or don't want to watch it as a yearly thing, at the very least, they'll always have Hocus Pocus. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, you'll have both movies. So yeah, we'll see how that all works out. It got really Disney Channel-ified. Like, I miss the aesthetic of the first film where it was kind of like your classic scary movie catered to middle schoolers. And here they were like, they were really just trying to get everyone involved in the family. For my last recommendation, I could have gone so many different directions. I could have gone with a slasher like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Halloween. I could have done something involving vampires like The Lost Boys or What We Do in the Shadows. But I wanted to instead pivot to the creature feature. And even though this film is very popular and it's from 1981 and it is such a excellent film, it is the werewolf film. It is an American werewolf in London. Yes, that's right. The werewolf film. Take that, the wolf man. So an American werewolf in London is a 1981 horror comedy film that was directed and written by John Landis. It's about two American backpackers from New York City who are trekking across the moors in Yorkshire. And as night falls, they stop at a local pub. So after they leave the pub, they're actually back traveling again and they get attacked by a werewolf and one of them is killed why the other is just severely injured. As he's severely injured, he does uh, wind up in the hospital, does heal up, but as the next full moon rises, come to find out that he is a werewolf. And not only is he a werewolf, he has visions of seeing his dead friend. And every time his dead friend reappears in the film, he looks more and more decayed. And it's just unbelievably amazing hair and makeup. It still holds up, just like with the thing, that you just have to see it to believe it. Not only that, the werewolf transformation scene is one of the best you'll ever see in film. I still stand by that. It really, truly is an amazing, funny, scary film and really reminds you about why you watch horror films because you want to be a little scared, but you're also there to have fun. And that's what this movie is doing. It's still having fun in the process. So I strongly recommend 1981's An American Werewolf in London. Again, that transformation scene is the most horrifying thing. <laughs> I still get creeped out how the bodies contort. But yeah, 
those be our picks. So moving on, if you ever want to reach us, you can always do it at bingeessentials at gmail.com. It's a great way to reach us, comment about the show, ask us any questions, whatever you want to say to us. That's a great way to do it and for us to follow up with it on the show. What also helps is if you leave us a rating and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps with the algorithms. Five-star rating would be fantastic. The review, say whatever you want, and we will surely read it on the show. We've done it before, and we would greatly appreciate your support that way. You can find us on Facebook. Just search Binge Essentials, and we'll come up. Like us on our Facebook page. That way you can follow us and see what we're up to. You can also follow us on Instagram at Binge Essentials. You can follow me on Instagram at David Rocha Binge. You can follow Romeo at rmora02. You can follow me on Twitter at David Rocha Radio, and you can follow Romeo at rmora1. All right, with all that being said, thanks for listening. Catch you guys next week.